0: Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley
1: and Nathan Wrigley.
0: Hello, and welcome to episode number 22 of the WP Builds Podcast. My name's Nathan Wrigley from pictureandword.co.uk, a small web development agency based in the north of England, and I'm joined this week, as always, by David Wormsley. Hi there, David. Now, you may have noticed that David didn't reply just then. It's not because David's rude. It's simply because we've had some sort of slight hiccups with the audio Uh, essentially David's internet connection has been playing up. So what we've done is we've recorded the podcast properly and uh, I'm just doing the news bit at the beginning so um, David can say hello later. Okay, so um, today is episode 22 and we've got um, a really, really interesting episode actually this week for you. We have Amir Helzer, who is the CEO of On The Go Systems, Um, You'll know them from the Toolset suite of plugins, as well as WPML, and they've also got um, another excuse me, they've got another project which they've got, which is called I Can Localise. Um, it's not something they're um, as well known for, I don't think, but nevertheless, he's the CEO of a very, well, I would say a, a large uh, WordPress-based company, and he's going to be talking to us today. It's a really interesting episode, so do stay tuned. But before first, before we get on to any of that, I'm going to do some news items First one is that WordPress 4.7.4 Release Candidate has been made available. It looks like, if you go onto the website, follow the links in the show notes, it does look like um, you've got nothing major to worry about, lots of little updates. Nevertheless, good to know that it's around the corner. It's been six weeks in the making and uh, we're near to the official release of 4.7.4. Okay, next, this one comes from Lee Jackson, although he doesn't know that. He posted in, I think, his own Facebook group uh, of a, a little WordPress plugin project called Project Huddle. Now, I've had a good poke around with this and I think it's really good. So it's not a news item, but I'm recommending it. If you have problems getting clients to sign off on uh, assets like images or wireframes, this tool is for you. It enables the client to um, uh, sort of go onto to your uh, live version of the site that you're building and make comments um on the page itself. So they might click on an item and say, I'd rather this were red or click on an item and say, could we have this in a different font? Now, potentially that's giving too much control over to your clients, whereas you might like it to be locked down a bit, but I think it's got lots of uses. It looks really slick. So it's a recommendation anyway. There's no affiliate links, just um, it looked like a good project and it's a WordPress plugin. So good to support the developers of that. The next one, an interesting one, it's a a, a phishing vulnerability in Chrome and Firefox. I've got a feeling that by the time you listen to this, the Chrome version will be updated and fixed, but Firefox still has a problem with it. The way this works is if you you know that there's ASCII characters and you can have like a, a Unicode version of a character and when you look at it in a web browser, it translates it into sort of Latin, if you like. So, um, and pound... Um, semicolon equals the the uk pound symbol and so on well it turns out that these can be used in the url bar of a uh, of a domain so for example you could type in the ascii characters now it's something called puny code and if you were to register a domain with the Punycode, i.e the ascii character version of it um, the the browser chrome and firefox currently actually pass that and they turn it into the actual characters. So, for example, you could have a website which is this ASCII code gibberish, and then by the time you've put it into the web browser, it comes out as apple.com. It's... You know, and it's completely authentic. It looks completely authentic, um, and it, you can get certificates issued against it. The certificate is issued against the punycode version, so that looks a bit weird, but um, certainly worth checking. There is a f- there is something that you can change in the Firefox settings about doc about um, colon config to stop this happening. But certainly worth noticing because um, it could be a problem over the next week or so. Okay, next one on. Uh, August the 17th to the 19th is going to be the first of what I hope to carry on. Um, it's WordCamp for Publishers. Now... Traditionally, WordCamps, I think it's fair to say, have been for coders and publishers alike. Well, everybody, really. But this one is focused primarily on publishers, so I'm, I'm guessing there's going to be less tracks about raw code and complicated things like that. So if you're in the United States and you are near Denver on August the 17th to the 19th, it might be worth uh, checking out, getting some tickets for that. It would be one that I would love to go to because I'm not really a coder, and so this, this, this would suit me down to the ground. OK, next one. Doug Bellchamber has released a beta beta version of his pop-up plugin for Beaver Builder. Um, He's after some beta testers to sort of give it a go, thrash it around, and give give him some feedback. I think you uh, you could you could do that for him. I've downloaded a copy of it. Haven't played with it just yet, but really the quickest way to uh, get in touch with Dog would probably be to friend him on Facebook from the Beaver Builder Facebook group and ask him if you can have a copy. Um, It looks really good from the videos that he's put out. Uh, It looks like it's really well integrated with Beaver Builder. There's lots of hierarchical stuff so that you can make sure that one pop-up appears and another one doesn't, depending on where it is in the hierarchy and so on. But yeah, give um, Dog some beta testing time and uh, hopefully that plugin will become better and better. Okay, now the very last one um, is a toolset one. Toolset can now uh, create themes, which you can buy—sorry, which you can sell onto your clients. Uh, we mentioned that in previous news items. Now there's um, a blog post that's come out illustrating how you can make customizer options for the themes that you might package up and sell as your own um, through the toolset suite of plugins. Certainly um, worth looking at if you are doing that kind of thing, because having customizer options is what your clients probably will expect if they've got exposure to WordPress. So there we go. News items over. So this episode, as I said, is Amir from Toolset, WPML. Um, and various other things. He is a phenomenally clever guy, I think. He manages to juggle a company with 100-plus employees, as well as really understand the nuts and the bolts of the code that's being pushed out by his developers. He talks a lot about the company um, and where it's going, where it's come from. I talk a lot about Drupal, far too much. Apologies, everybody. But there is a lot of overlap between what he's done and what Drupal have done. And he he talks about the heritage of Drupal in his plugins. Um, It's really interesting. As I said, the audio for David sort of drops in and drops out. So apologies about that. He sort of sounds as if he's five seconds behind us all the time. But never mind. Um, Worth listening to anyway. So here we go. I hope you enjoy it and see you next week. Bye bye. Or hello, actually, because we're just beginning, aren't we? It's not the end. Stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. Okay. Hello and welcome. Um, today on the show, which is show 22, can you believe that? We have um, Amir Helzer. You've probably uh, heard of Amir. If you haven't heard of Amir directly, then you've definitely heard of the products and services that his company, On The Go Systems, offers. Um, on-the-go systems are behind such mighty plugins as Toolset, um, WPML, and then they also have other services, uh, translation services, which I believe is called I Can Localize. So anyway, hello, um, Amir. Would you would you like to introduce yourself in any way, shape or form? Sure. Uh, thank you for having me here, um...
2: I started the business in 2007, which turns out to be 10 years from now. Mm. Uh, it was roughly at the time WordPress began, and I think that, like many others, uh, we didn't—I didn't intend to start a business. I intended to have my own project, and at that time, there was a, there were a lot fewer tools available for WordPress, so we started developing our own, and like many others, happened to to do. Uh, we turned them into products later on. That's my little story. Okay. And we run a a, an, a virtual business, an online business. We have folks from different places uh, working on our products.
0: So um, I should probably say at this point that we've also got David Wormsley with us as well, as always. Hello, David. Huh. Now, Hello. D- I've David- got a poor internet connection, so if I drop
1: out, apologies.
0: Yeah, David's got internet woes this morning. So, okay, Um we hope that you stay with us anyway, David. Let's hope that you do. So, yeah, you started ten years ago. I mean, ten years is a really long time in the WordPress space, isn't it? I mean, that's going back to virtually near the begin near the beginning. Did you did you latch on to WordPress right from the start? Was it always about WordPress? Uh, we tied
2: both WordPress and Drupal, and it was easier to work with WordPress,
0: and the audience was also easier to work with. That's um, that, that's really interesting, actually, because it was only about 18 months ago. Uh, Every time I say this, I should probably add a little bit on. Oh, it's probably about 19 months ago, actually, <laughs> that I moved from Drupal. I finally made the switch. I never touched WordPress until about 19 months ago. Um, when you say it was easier to work with WordPress and therefore harder, I guess, to work with Drupal, what, what do you mean by that? The major releases in
2: Drupal are not backward compatible, like you probably know. (laughs) Yeah. So anything you develop, you'd have to redevelop every couple of years, which is a lot of work.
0: Yeah, I don't don't know if you know, but Dries Bagtart, the the sort of lead of um, Drupal, has actually said that's no longer going to happen. There, there, there basically won't be a Drupal 9. Um, I mean, maybe there will be, but they've decided that they're gonna follow the WordPress model of just sort of incremental releases slowly over time and never kind of break things. That was actually the reason I got away from Drupal um, when Drupal 7 went to 8, because I just thought, I'm, I'm fed up of this, you know, uh-huh. um, it's, time, it's time to sort of move over and 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 also I think the momentum is with WordPress. I don't know what the install numbers are, but I think I think it's something like three percent of the internet is currently on Drupal. And I think we're on to about twenty-seven, twenty-eight percent on WordPress. So yeah, it, it's a it's a really sensible idea, isn't it? Putting your putting all your eggs in the WordPress basket.
2: Well, it just happened. You know, it was just impossible. We we didn't have the manpower to keep developing forward and rebuilding existing products. Mm was very expensive.
0: Yeah. Spe- speaking of the the products, um I I was obviously aware that you um you've got this suite of products called toolsets which involves uh, actually as, as far where where I come from from Drupal, it kind of feels almost like you're trying to make the things that are available kind of natively in Drupal available in WordPress. Is that uh, just of toolset in particular would that be a fair comparison or yeah, this is exactly how Toolset started, uh, because again we were
2: building uh, modules and sites with Drupal, and we were missing these
0: elements in WordPress. Um, and yeah, obviously the UI is completely different. The way of doing things is completely different. And you've and got you've got a, yeah. you've got a yeah. Views plugin. They've got a Views module. Um, but yeah, that that was the one thing when I came to WordPress, I immediately realized, boy, how do you how do you add a uh, they call them custom, uh, well, they don't call them custom post types, they're, um, yeah, anyway, it doesn't really matter. But I, I immediately started looking around, well, how do you add fields? How do you add, you know, a different um, post type, for example? And then I kind of was looking around and came across your plugin Um and thought, boy, this, this kind of tackles all the things that, you know, Drupal's got custom, uh, the, the ability to uh, set permissions on user roles and things like that, and you've got access. You've got custom post types and all of this kind of stuff, and you've got all the forms integrated. And I thought, oh, okay, this is, I'm at home here. This makes it a little bit, a, a little bit more like Drupal. So, yeah, but it isn't just tool set that you've got. You've got, um, you've got under your um, umbrella, you've got WPML, um and you've got this i can localize service which i confess i'd never heard of until about three days ago when i was looking into it how on earth do you manage under this one company of on the go systems you being the ceo <laughs> how do you do that so i can localize is the service that we've started from this is what we had
2: working in 2007 and at the time i wrote almost all the code for i can localize. Uh, it's It's a Ruby on Rails project. Now we have other people working on it. And then through can Localize, we were looking for how do we get translation work? And we thought that it would be nice if it had some presence in popular content management systems. And this is how we started being involved in Drupal. We created the translation management module at the time. Hmm. And we started working on WPML project. And uh, the transaction management for Drupal was actually pretty popular until the time we just gave up. We honestly gave up. <laughs> um, and we stayed with WordPress, with WPML. And then, like you said, uh, you were looking for something related to uh, CCK and views, uh, which, you know, CCK got merged, I think, in Drupal 6 or 7, seven. to Drupal Should... Core. And, yeah, yeah, 7. And, and then views got merged in. Uh, and we we were missing that because we were using that on a daily basis on Drupal. And we thought, well, if we need it, maybe other people would need that. And we started the project uh, at the beginning. If you'd still look at, uh, at types PHP, you'll see plenty of references to CCK, if I'm not mistaken. Ah.
0: <laughs> we We started getting rid of it later on, but it hmm. should be there somewhere. Um, CCK is a Drupal module which um, <clears throat> enables you to create custom post types. Basically, it's the same thing. Um, and the Views module in Drupal is uh, sort of like a, a, a like a SQL query generator, all in a UI, all bundled up in a UI, so it's point and click. But um, yeah, that's really fascinating. I always had my suspicions that there was, uh, you know, there was this trying to emulate what Drupal did, and now I know that's really interesting. Um, but how do you, how do, being the CEO, are you in charge of all of those projects? Do you um, still get your hands dirty with the code? Or are you now kind of like just managing things and making sure that the business as a whole is ticking over nicely? Uh, I have to admit, I haven't written code
2: in any language in, I think, three years. So, there's no. Uh, but we do have good developers. I think we have way better developers than I was. Uh, <laughs> So now we have folks who are outstanding in the Rails development, and they've taken over. I can localize, and a few other things that we need for WPML. And I think that we have pretty good guys for for
0: WordPress, for
2: PHP, WordPress, JavaScript, all the new technologies which I barely touched when I was writing code.
0: Yeah. Now I, I just looked on your website under the team section of onthegosystems.com and, boy, that's a lot of people. Um, it, I mean, I don't know the exact number, but it must be 50, 60, 70. There's an awful lot of people. Do you employ those? You're not based in an office. You're sort of um, distributed throughout the world. And h- how do you work that? Do you, do you connect through on Skype or have some sort of internal structure that, that you decide what's going to go on and it gets farmed out to those individual teams? Or how does that all work? So, obviously, everyone belongs to
2: a team. There are development teams for projects. And nobody is a solo flyer. Uh, so people start, them, start their day. Uh, each team has a daily meeting around the morning. And morning also depends because if you have someone working in India together with someone working in France, their morning is not exactly the same. But they, they find a, a nice average. Hmm. Uh, so every team has this morning uh, morning meeting. And teams also have longer weekly meetings they use the morning meetings to just sync up and let everyone know what other people are are going to do and we try to keep these very very short something like 15 20 minutes max um and uh people would set up their own one to one calls uh calls or um hangouts or whatever yep. as needed and the weekly calls are intended more for review so everyone would present their accomplishments what they've done and ask others to have a look at it i see so this is like
0: uh, the the office sorting if you call it yes yeah and obviously it works you've been going for 10 years do you um do you have like um a mission statement a sort of thread that runs through the business from 2007 until now or Do you, you know, in other words, is it led from the top by you or how do you decide what's coming next, what features to develop, what things to fix? Is that just all done on a team basis or is it you that decides all of that kind of thing? I think the thing that I'm most interested in in this question is is about features and and new things that you add in because that's constantly coming out of your tool set product. There's constantly new things. and, And I just wondered where you got those ideas from.
2: Well, so the most important is to understand what actually people need, and this drives everything. Um, and the challenge is really to to distinguish to to understand what many people need and not what uh, the most uh, vocal people need. <laughs> uh, I am I'm, I'm not uh, pointing fingers. <laughs> I'm saying um, most of the. Oh. You know, the developers would spend the most time building sites. It's the the most challenging to get their feedback.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, do you do you does the do the plugins sort of phone home and tell you what people are doing? Um, do you get data directly from the plugin, or do you just literally rely on people writing in support? A little, a little bit.
2: Uh, they don't phone home. Uh, unallowed. the only thing that Types does is when you uninstall it it will pop up a, que- uh, a quiz that asks you what's wrong and do you want to leave feedback? So we get this feedback on a daily basis, but this is you know just touching, touching the tip of the iceberg. It doesn't mean a lot. Um, we try to talk with people on every opportunity that we have, like mm. we're doing now. Uh, we also uh, talk with almost everyone who submits showcase sites to us. You know, there's uh, yep. an option to add a site to our showcase. So we would speak with everyone uh who mm-hmm. does that we would talk with anyone who is who agrees to talk with us who has uh serious problems or who doesn't manage to get things done i don't have any uh, any better solution than this no um, no i mean we, you you get you know you get completely different information when you have a, a real conversation and screen sharing and you see what's actually going on rather than you read uh form
0: feedback so do you, do you have then, I mean, I'm not asking you to reveal anything, but do you have in your own mind what the next year involves? Just speaking of tool set, for example, you know what's coming on the roadmap, you know what's going to happen, and you kind of stick to that? Or are you willing to sort of throw, throw things in the fire and start all over again if it appears that the competition do something extraordinary that you didn't expect for
2: Tollset, uh, we're finally implementing what we, we talked about for, I think, about two years, which is the post relationship. And this, uh, I think that many people will understand this project a little better once it's revealed uh, because it's, it sounds more technical than it really is. It actually is uh, something that most people use on most of their sites without actually understanding. Uh, I don't know how much time we have. I can ex- I can explain this, or we can go, no, go forward.
0: No, please do explain it because I'm interested now. <laughs> so
2: um, I, I, you're probably familiar with a plugin called Advanced Custom Fields, right? Y- yes. Okay. One of the most popular features would be the repeating fields or repeating field groups, which I will, I have to admit that we've implemented poorly in Types until now um we created the uh post relationship parent parent child relationship to address that in a poor way for a good reason but in a poor way um post relationship exists on basically every site that you would open okay Uh, it means that something somehow relates to something else in WordPress, we got used to it through tags and categories and uh, page relationship. I'm a I'm a child, I'm a parent. Mm-hmm. But some relationship between data always exists in every website I can think of. You know, maybe if you build a one-pager site uh, for a tire shop, it may not need post relationship. It probably will. But that's the most ex- extreme case I can think of. Any other live site would have some relationship between content. This sounds reasonable, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. so um we have experience with web with different web development frameworks not not necessarily WordPress and what drives everything is the relationship between data the ability to define it uh, to apply connections and to to use it on the front end to display connections to display related data and this is everywhere and uh, our best um, Uh, the the best reference that we have for this is actually coming from the Ruby on Rails framework, which we've been using for a long time. And over there, this is like the foundations of the platform, the uh, content relationship. So we're we're finally, I think, we're finally creating it properly in Toolset. It's in development now. It's been in development for the last few weeks. No, no, it's last few months, actually. Almost half a year. Um, we're going to start uh, releasing mon- monthly previews of that to let people see how this is going. And I very much hope that this time we'll manage to do it right. I think so.
0: The um, the, the that that was again sorry to keep banging on about Drupal. Um, that was the thing that I found or I'm still, to be honest, finding really difficult. In In Drupal, it was really trivial with things like views um, and rules and those kind of uh, modules. It was really trivial to relate data over here to data over here and pull the two things in. And And a lot of it, you didn't require any PHP or any code. You could just click buttons and off you go. You've, you've managed to suck this photo in and connect it to that telephone number and this map. Um, whereas I think in WordPress, that's, that's really hard. And, and I know exactly what you mean. Um, I, I don't know technically why you think you implemented it badly, but from, from an end user's point of view, and also coming with the baggage with, I expect it to work like Drupal, uh, it is quite hard to do those things. Um, yeah, so that that's really interesting. Um, David, sorry, we've kind of excluded you from this conversation. Do you have a question you would like to ask? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'd like to step back. I guess because of the the community I'm in, which is largely the Beaver Builder community, I, Toolset get mentioned quite a lot as something for a lot of new people who are still starting out in um, web development or really web design and wanting to move into custom post types. So a big question that get asked a lot, and I think actually Peter Fellanius actually asked that question really, was now at the moment, they're looking at things like, Beaver theme, which is coming out and also looking at toolset and thinking, which one should I go for? So I'm, I'm wondering really who toolset is aimed at. Do you think it's it, it's um, kind of user friendly, do you think for sort of new people who are not used to custom post types? Uh,
2: I, I think that any tool needs to be user friendly, no matter how uh, advanced it is. Mm-hmm. So just, just because you have many features doesn't mean you get exempt from being user friendly. Uh, Hmm. I don't know how long you've been Hmm. using Toolset, but if you'd compare uh, what we had in Toolset three years ago to now, I think that the usability has increased significantly. Hmm. Uh, and We're still working on improving usability. So I I wouldn't want to be in a state where I'd say, you have one framework which is a little bit more basic, but it's easier to use, and you have another framework which has a lot more, but it takes ages to understand. Uh this is not a healthy situation for any product to be in. And we're working to improve uh any
0: usability issues. Do you think that um with the advent of things yeah. like um beaver builder and other page builders and what have you, do you think that new people coming to WordPress um they're going to have um an expectation that things are like ridiculously easy because things like Beaver Builder constructing a page. I, I realize we're just talking about building a page. Um, it's super, super, super simple. It couldn't be easier. And then, it should be like that, yeah. In, in, my, in my opinion, it should be like that, yeah. Um, do you do you see that? Um, do, do you think you've got a, a little way to go with with toolset, or and and how do you how do you go about educating your audience? Because what you're trying to pull off with toolset is phenomenally hard. Um, and also, you're trying to create a product which can do phenomenally challenging and difficult manipulations of data. And and I confess, the learning curve is, is quite quite high if you're sort of dropping into it for a little bit just for this project yes. and that project. Obviously, you're steeped in it. You, you, you live and breathe it, and so do your employees. But as somebody who drops in and drops out and uses it for this and then doesn't use it for a few months um and the questions that we we get in our little community uh, I think the thing the thing that people struggle with is is getting over the first hill getting to the point where oh okay that makes sense I'll store that Oh, I understand that now and I'll get the next little bit um how do you how do you deal with that complexity and the the, the burden of learning the first bit so you had
2: two questions though first yeah. what what do we think about page builders and then, what do we do about complexity? Um, actually, there are quite a few excellent page builders for WordPress today. In my opinion, uh, I like Beaver Builder very much. Uh, between us, I also think that Visual Composer is fine. Uh, there is an Oxygen Builder, there is Elementor. There are a number of excellent page builders, and they all improve. They improve rapidly. Um, we're not going to create a, a a full-featured page builder into Toolset for for various reasons. One of them is that if anyone tries to do everything, is basically going to fail. It's just going to be impossible to sustain. Um, I'm putting my hopes in the WordPress Gutenberg project. Have you seen that? Yes. We talked about it um, a little while ago, actually, so yes. And I think that uh, WordPress having its own page builder is going to be excellent for the entire ecosystem. Mm. Because today WordPress has um, one tiny MC, which is not incredibly modern. It was modern when it came out, and Mm. other content management systems have at least as good uh, page editor, which I I think WordPress project uh, realized. And uh, at least according to what we've seen, and we're tracking this uh, on a very close watch, Gutenberg, Gutenberg project, in my opinion, is going to answer the needs mm. of um, many people, many web developers. Uh, it doesn't have everything that most uh, web pe- builder page builders have for WordPress, but it's a huge increase. I hope that um, when Gutenberg uh, is released into WordPress, which is not going to, going to be in the next few weeks, obviously, mm. I hope that. Um, I think that many themes will suffice with that. But I don't know. We mm. don't know. We mm. need we need to see at least at least some better version. Today it's mostly in drafty if, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. Yes. Yeah. What do s- you what do you think, mm. Nathan?
0: I I I from from the very, very small amount that I've seen, I kind of like it. I, I think Drupal, again, I stepped away before this happened, but I think Drupal did implement some of this sort of inline editing options. Um, yeah, it, it looks it looks strong because I'm so used to Beaver Builder now, and the the incredible rate at which I can do things. I still look at things like Gutenberg, and, and I think, boy, that's that's got a long way to go. Um, but it's proprietary. You know, you have to. Well, you don't have to buy it, but you have to um, find it, install it. Uh, hope that there's a community around it, which in Beaver Builder's case there is. Whereas if there's something like Gutenberg and everybody has it and it's automatically there and everybody gets used to it, then yes, I think I think there's a lot of sense in what you're saying. I would, I would
2: love to allow love it if this project went on like the rest of WordPress, where WordPress Core gives us the basics, yeah, doesn't try to implement everything, gives us the basics and makes it very easy to extend, and then. I would love to see many people, instead of building their own editors, basically, building extensions that make the, the native editor more powerful, more capable. I think this makes more sense for the entire
0: ecosystem. Yeah. Again, sorry, Drupal conversation. The because everything is free and open source, you have a few core modules like Views, and as was CCK, and because they just did it and did it well, and it was developed, everybody everybody hitched their bandwagon on top of those plugins, so that the core stuff somebody made a plugin, everybody realized that's the one we're gonna we're gonna concentrate on, and everybody built in hooks and ways of developing based upon that module and yeah i agree that would be nice if they could get Gutenberg or whatever they call it to work perfectly and then everybody hooks into that and it, yeah that's 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 a very clever idea you've probably got a much greater um understanding of where that's going and what's going on with that
1: but yeah that's a that's an interesting thought david anything can i throw in a question yeah i just actually it's, it's one of Gavin Webb's question really because i remember um it was just types of views when I first came across toolset and it's grown. Obviously we've got cred and we've got layouts. So he was asking the question, whether you thinking of integrating an events calendar at any point, do you think there's going to be more modules that will grow to toolset? Um, I think that we should work
2: more with other authors who are building events calendar and walk out this integration between mm-hmm. us. And we're actually talking with two authors, authors at the moment. Uh, Events -hmm. events management is Mm. not a simple project. Uh, It needs someone who's fully dedicated to that, knows what's going on inside and out, knows which features they need to add, knows what they need to integrate with. Obviously, you'd imagine that event management needs to be integrated with other systems. So I think that uh, in order to do a project like that and do it properly, someone has to be 100% focused on it. I'd not just draw up a few ideas and let uh, developers
0: take it from there i don't think that that would work for anyone so you see the future for your tool set suite of products as sort of um, integrating rather like you did with beaver builder Um, you sort of reach out to people who are experts who have already got a heritage in producing something which is high quality and well maintained and and you ask you presumably you approach them and say look can we can we work things out so that our stuff works with your stuff is is that how it works i think that 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 is
2: what uh, that is definitely what we're trying to do mm. and i think that more people in the wordpress uh, ecosystem need to do that because the entire ecosystem is not that large okay and it's too much fragmented we don't have any company who can actually take on a huge project and run with it we don't have companies like Adobe and WordPress, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. So yeah. It,
2: it, 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 we look at us like we're a big company. We're well, not a big company. We have uh, 95 employees. Half of them are support people. It's 40-something developers. It's not a lot. It's not a lot
0: to build a big project. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, it, mm. It's It's WordPress strength, and it's also its greatest drawback, I think, is that everybody tries to um, create the same thing and make money out of it. So an events yes. calendar plugin is a perfect example. You know, um, If there was one which worked and worked really well and everybody hooked into that, that would be an ideal situation. But it's the free market. So we've got 75. Um, and yes. as a result, everything's slightly distilled. <laughs> and those 75 companies that could combine their efforts um, and build something just awesome... Well, they're competing against each other and trying to push out features all the time, and and so it goes. Yes, that's exactly how I see it. Yeah, this is the nature of free open-source software, isn't it, in in a sense. Um, Again, boy, sorry about this, Drupal... Um, it just doesn't do that. Like I described, everybody everybody <laughs> hooks into the one thing and says, okay, because there's no money in it, um, you know, the th- this events plugin, that's the one we're all going to go at because that looks like the best. Of them, and then everybody hooks into that. And, and that's a good system. But there's no sustainability. There's no profitability. There's no way for people to make a living out of that. They just do it because um, they enjoy writing the code or somebody sponsors them to write the code. So it's. A, I don't know how you make those two things equal. I can't see how we're ever going to destroy the, the competitive nature of plugins because that's a good thing. But also I think it would be a good thing if there was just one or two um, good thing, good plugins that tackled a, a particular problem. So yeah, I, I would agree with you as well. Um, I'm,
2: I'm just happy. I'm just this say, a question. The, the you know, the role of the WordPress core is to be the core, the center. Yeah. And I'm very happy that they noticed that there are quite a lot of page builders today and they've decided to become the center of this activity. Yeah. I think this
0: this what this is what makes the, the entire mm. thing work. Yes. Yes. Yeah, agreed.
1: Sorry David. I think we interrupted. No. Hmm. No, nah. nah, it's fine. I was gonna go off in a different direction. I was just looking at the questions that folks had sent to us. So one from Nathan Simpson, actually he's written two com- uh, comments and one of them was very, uh, uh, well, really not a question at all, but just saying the the kind of bond that you gave to your customers uh, that you take care of them. He, he's very impressed with you basically, that was one, it wasn't a question. But the second one that he asked was uh, about, uh, he's trying to incorporate some SEO aspects into dynamic pages created with um, Toolset and Beaver Builder So he thought it'd be nice to ask some questions about how you could automate schema and rich snippets based on post or content type. Is there anything you could say on that? Um,
2: I think that uh, the easiest way to do that would be to edit your themes PHP uh, and uh, use Mm -hmm. the types under field function and insert the field values into the template, the header template. That this is what I would do.
0: And there you go, Nathan. You have a, an answer ah. straight from the top. David, do you want to, whilst we've got this on, do you want to just go through that list of questions from the Toolset group and, and ask Amir them, and then I'll come
1: back and ask a few questions as well? Well, we've borrowed from them all, actually, I think as we've gone through them, because mm. we've we've covered Peter. Uh, let's have a little look. Yeah, we have actually covered nearly all the questions. Oh, there's a couple you've, here. You've actually yeah. answered one of all of Sorry, yeah, I was going to say there was one here
0: about field groups, um, is is that something which is on the horizon, obviously the ability to sort of combine group uh, sets of fields into one kind of amorphous lump um, and uh, is that is that something you're planning to release with Toolset? Uh,
2: this will be part of the implementation for the post-relationship, this is what should have been there originally. Um, Actually, when we started uh, started Toolset project, we didn't want to to develop types. We wanted to to have views. Uh, There were other plugins available which would set up custom post types and custom fields, uh, even at that time when we started. But there wasn't anything like views. And what drove us into developing types was exactly these repeating field groups. Uh, Where they are developed, where they are available today, they're implemented as uh, serialized data. I don't know if you're familiar with how this works, but this means that all information which exists in all the repeating groups and their children groups is serialized into one big entry in the database. So the problem with this is that you can only do with it one thing, you can only display it with the API that comes from that plugin. You can't do anything else with it because nothing else will understand the data. It's serialized. You cannot query it. The database cannot see into that data
0: Did you know how it works um i'm I'm familiar on a sort of academic level, but i i, I don't have any experience doing what you're describing um okay, let me give you an example.
2: Let's say that um you're you're building a a, a house, a website for a house, and this house has rooms, okay. Mm-hmm. And so you'll probably create a repeating field group for rooms. I would say, and let's say that you want to give rooms names, something simple, name and the, the the color the the color they they're painted. So you'll have two two fields, and you're going to add more and more rooms. Let's say that you have a really big mansion, uh, you have twelve rooms. So you you're adding twelve rooms and you're putting them all in one field, in one Postmate in the database. Now, when you save that, you're going to have one entry in the database, which is uh, serialized using PHP. And it, it looks like one big ugly string or one big beautiful string, which has <laughs> meaningless data. It, it, the data is meaningless until you serialize it. Okay, so now imagine you have also several houses, and each one of these houses has several rooms. And now you're asking a simple question. Show me all the houses that have pink rooms, mm-hmm. okay? Now, in order to get that simple answer, you're go- you You cannot ask your database server this question because it doesn't know. All the rooms are serialized as one beautiful array. So you're going to have to open all of these arrays. You're going to have to read all of these uh, fields from the database into the memory. You're going to have to deserialize all of them. You're go- probably going to create objects from them because this is how WordPress works. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to run one by one through this object looking for a pink room and then returning the house it belongs to. You, you probably realize that this is not the most efficient <laughs> solution, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, now now that would work perfectly if the only thing that you are, you're ever going to need is to create these houses and rooms and then list them. If you just want need to display them on a web page, there's no problem at all. But we don't we don't want to just be able to list them on a web page. We want to be able to ask questions. This is what views does. You ask questions from the database and you get replies. Uh, we want to uh, create forms that allow you to manipulate them with cred. So we absolutely need all these all these little bits of information to be saved in separate fields, right? Otherwise, you cannot rely on the database, which is like to 10 million times more efficient than php yes okay so uh in order to do that in toolset we we said that we're not creating these the same repeating field groups and saving them as serialized arrays we created the parent-child relationship and you can create child posts and have fields for them so this is great for the database the database is really happy the only party who's not happy is our customer (laughs) because instead of clicking on a little plus, I can and entering your data, you need to go through this uh, list of actions in order to set it up. It's not convenient to set up and it's not amazingly convenient to use. So we implemented something which I think is okay for the database, but the user interface for that, the workflow requires attention. And this is exactly what we're changing now. Part of the post relationship project, you'll be able to have things stored in the database using the correct schema, the correct uh, way of saving fields separately as separate entities, separate separate post meta. But all this complexity, all this uh, correctness uh, is not going to be the responsibility of the end user. Uh, as the user, You'll say that um, I've created the house custom type, and this house house custom type needs to have repeating sets of data, repeating uh, field groups, and you're going to just say it needs to have this and this and this fields. Go ahead, do your magic. It's your problem, it's not mine. And under the hood, it's going to be
0: implemented with a correct database scanner. Wow, that was a really wow. thorough answer. That was great. <laughs> I really enjoyed listening to you saying all of that. I, I... I hope we didn't lose 300. V- 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 <laughs> <right now. laughs> That's everybody. No, um, no, yeah. but that was really interesting from a couple of um, angles from my point of view. Number one, um, I've now got an insight into why the UI is difficult um, because of the way the database is structured and the way WordPress uh, kind of, if you like, forces you to do things. So, and I'm delighted that that in the future the the plugin is going to take away a lot of that complexity and it's going to be easier to use. Um, but number two, I'm deeply impressed that you can answer that question as thoroughly as you just did, being the CEO. Um, who, and you've probably got an awful lot going on in your head just trying to manage and run the company, and yet you've still somehow managed to got a very technical understanding uh, and a deep understanding of what's going on in the plugins code and structure and all of that kind of stuff do you is that is that part of your job do you make sure that you are, are constantly being fed back to and understand this stuff on a minute level or did we just coincidentally ask you a question that you had the answer to
2: no, that's basically what I like to do, and I hope that this doesn't come always at the expense of what I need to do. But yeah. this is what I enjoy doing.
0: Yeah, does it sometimes come at the expense? Do you sometimes find yourself being pulled away from the stuff that you like to do, the stuff that is a bit boring? Um, sometimes I find myself neglecting the boring stuff, <laughs> and I shouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's, you're you're not unique. Everybody, I think, does that from time to time. Um, yeah. So we were talking a little bit ago and I don't know if we kind of got the answer to it. Um, So it is a complex system. Again, I'm talking about tool set. It is a complex system. And I, it's with, you know, I I do not know of a company that makes as much of an effort as you guys do to try and explain what you're releasing. There's a, I mean, boy, you've got, um, you've got sites that are pre-configured that you can download and just, there you go. That's a working real estate site. And there you go. You can sell cars from this site. Um, you've got videos coming out left, right and centre. And yet still, it's difficult, isn't it, to learn this stuff? Um, because, you know, you, you usually you just want the answer to one particular question and, and trying to find where that is, is is difficult. So, so what I'm trying to ask really is, uh, how do you manage um, educating your customer base? Um, do you think you do that well? Or do you think there's a, a improvements to be made? Um, Can I tell you the vacuum story that I have running here? Yes. (laughs) Um,
2: My wife and and I uh, bought carpets and we had to get the the dust out of them. So we also bought a vacuum cleaner and we we wanted to achieve something with that thingy. It's a vacuum cleaner. okay? And it came with a short manual and I didn't have the time or patience to read it and I didn't feel it's also necessary and i think that i've wasted a lot more time that i could I, I could have cleaned the carpet manually with a brush faster than i managed with <laughs> a vacuum cleaner because i skipped the manual step <laughs> and i i think that this is this is what happens with many products and the more complex they are the worse the problem is so the the only the the solution that we have right now is to to create a a minimum set of training which if people go through, they will be successful with a product. And our challenge is to make this minimum, minimal set as small as possible and get people to actually go through that. So this training does keep getting shorter and shorter from release to release. And you've asked about features. Uh, one of the number one criteria for us for having a feature in, in tool set is if the training is going to become shorter through that. This is why, uh, in the upcoming release, it's going to be available in, a, in about a week. Uh, we completely replaced the HTML scaffold. Sounds like a small and you know gray feature, but in fact, it uh, takes out all the styling parts from all the learning. Um, you you can you'll get very nice looking sites when you just use the default output without having to tweak anything. Um, So our answer to improving usability is to get the minimum training as short as possible, which, once you've taken it, allows you to use the product successfully. Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing that we're doing is you probably know that we have a lot of documentation on the site, Uh, we're trying to add uh, relevant uh, pointers to relevant documentation where you need them because there's no way anyone is going to just read this documentation for fun. And if you're trying to do something which is less trivial, um, you want to style pagination, you want to add the uh, Ajax controls for something. Uh, yeah, that's great. We have documentation for that. But if the uh, if you don't find this documentation at the exact time when you actually need to do this for the first time, it's going to be pretty fast i think for everyone so th- this is what we're trying to do to help uh, usability I-, I don't know how successful we are at that.
0: i i i think um you've done a great job actually because when in the ui when something new happens or you begin something there is usually a little nag somewhere there's a little bit that pops up and it explains or there's you know little things that you can click on now i think you do really i think you do a stellar job the problem i think is is the vacuum cleaner problem it's not wishing mm. to read the documentation. As an example, yeah. as a perfect example, yesterday I, I was trying to set something up in CRED, which I, I failed to do because I ran out of time. Um, and I went to the your, your website, your documentation website, and the first option was the CRED course which I could go through. And it's exactly what you've just said. Um, you know, if I'd have completed that course, I would no doubt have no problems. But of course, I just want the fix to this tiny, tiny little problem. And so I miss the course altogether. And so you're right, it's about reducing the, the amount of time to get that complete course finished. Also, I suppose it's about explaining to people that, look, boy, if you just sit this thing, it'll take you two hours or three hours, then you, <laughs> you won't have any more problems. But also, I think you're, you're right, putting things in the UI at the point where you absolutely need them, that's, that, that, I think you've done a great job. But, boy, it's hard because these days I think people are expecting things to be easier and easier, and you are providing solutions which, um, which enable us to do harder and harder things, and there's no, there's no easy balance there. You've basically got to give up time and read the documentation or stop complaining. And we are
2: doing our best <laughs> I went through to a, find a usability issues. Oh,
0: sorry. And we... how, was it? how was it, David?
1: Uh, it was great. I, I found it really useful. The only problem I had was actually there was one question I wanted, and it was difficult to find, which was whether when I was using um, some filters to bring forward some posts, whether uh, Ajax, um, filters whether they were actually dragging in from the database or whether the posts needed to be present on the page and I couldn't find that information everything else was so easy to set up some really complex stuff and I'd, I wasn't sure how it was working it took me quite a long time to find out the answer to that so
2: the, the, which you see, is it the, does pull from isn't... the database <laughs> yes I, it should but um, I guess we should have a, a place to to tell people that that uh, like uh, the, uh, give us feedback about it, this documentation, to have a, a place where people can add feedback directly to the people who are writing documentation, mm-hmm. because the chain is so long, right? Uh, you have developers, the uh, documentation, video production, supporters, first tier, second tier supporters, and myself. So it's not always easy to get the right feedback to the right person. Dario, who's responsible for documentation, would have edited that page in five minutes if he knew about mm-hmm. that, but. It's challenging for you to to find how you pass this information and for us to fish the right feedback and feed it to the right person.
0: Mm. Yeah, documentation and, and all of that is mm. the, 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 the difficult side, isn't it? Keeping it up to date. I think you do a really good job. I mean, I noticed that you've recently changed the branding of Toolset. Instead of having a Lego brick, if you like, which is solid orange, you've now got this kind of like outlined version. And I've noticed quite a few videos with the new version of the logo, and I, so obviously stuff is being done constantly. And you know, um, all all commendation for doing that. I think it's a, a job which is often left behind, but not not with you guys. Um, well, okay, so a, a, comp- a different question. Yeah, Moving I away agree. from code and everything, um, we've got. I have a lifetime license for your tool set product, mm-hmm. and I know David does as well. But obviously, you don't. You don't have that options only. You can pay a monthly recurring fee. Would how does how does that work? Because we're always talking in this on this podcast about the sustainability of things and how you know um, Beaver Builder you pay annually. You don't really have a choice. There's no option to to buy a lifetime license. Is that are you happy with the way that the finances are structured? Does it is it sustainable, or are you going to keep? You know, would you prefer that people paid on a monthly basis to it? ensures sustainability?
2: We started by having only uh, yearly accounts, which people renewed once a year. And then uh, we got the same feedback from several companies who told us that this renewal thing is a hassle for them. They have uh, accounts with too many products. Sometimes they forget to update. They miss the renewal emails. It goes to the wrong person. And they told us like this. You work out how much you want to get out from us for the lifetime of the product. It's it's your problem. check if you want to get uh, money for five years in advance, 10 years in advance, 100 years in advance. Do your math. Give us an option to pay you for the lifetime account and we'll pay for that. It's better for us than having the yearly hassle. So when someone buys uh, a lifetime account from us, We save most of this money. We keep it in our finance as money that we should not be spending right now. Okay, we need to be able to support that client for more than this year. Mm. That's it. Yeah, so really, It's it's as if we it's as if we got a loan and we're not touching it for now.
0: Ah that's really interesting uh, and but also nice that you're so open about that. Do you um confess because I haven't needed to buy it again um is it still 297 for tool set? Uh
2: the lifetime account I think is 9 it is 300 90 something okay. I don't remember if it's 99 or 95
0: yeah. So periodically you raise the, the rate As the, you know, the money is worth less And so on and so forth Because that was my um, thing Yeah.
2: We've done that once mm. And I don't see us changing the, the rate in the foreseeable future In the next few years
0: it, I think it's really cheap yeah. Um, yeah, the ratio
2: The ratio between the yearly account And the lifetime account Was incorrect
0: Ah. Uh, okay. Yeah.
2: Now the ratio is correct. We didn't increase the base price of the yearly account.
0: Yeah, we yeah, yeah.
2: fixed the lifetime uh cost yeah. to re- to reflect the actual uh ongoing cost of support for a lifetime account.
0: Wow. Uh, it's a it's a I think it's an incredibly generous offer to be honest. Um and I would encourage anybody listening this if you've got the desire to create bespoke websites with without the need to fiddle with PHP and you are facing the dilemma of buying the lifetime or not, I would go out and buy the lifetime. That's what I did and I don't regret a minute of it. It's really good value. I'm, I, I, was con- I was very surprised at the time when I moved over at how affordable it was um, and I continue to be surprised by how affordable it was. Um, and i think we're on about 50 minutes um just us nattering on i think probably unless david or amia have anything else that they would like to desperately add um we we should probably wind it up there david anything you want to say
1: yeah not particularly. I think we've covered everybody who asked a question. In fact, we covered Oliver Bellican's question, which was about future plans. So we've we've covered everybody there. So definitely, we're done. So yeah. it's just up to Amir now. If there's anything he wants to add,
2: just don't tell anyone about my vacuum incident. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, read the manual. <laughs> um, I would I would like to personally thank Peter Fellanius, uh, Gavin Webb, and um, uh, Nathan Simpson, Oliver Bellican for posting questions in the Facebook toolset the toolset Facebook group. That was really uh, thoughtful of you. I hope we've uh, given Amir the opportunity to answer those questions. Um, and I would just like to say a sincere thanks, uh, Amir, for coming on. It's been really genuinely interesting to listen to what you've got to say and hopefully you'll get some feedback from our audience in one way or another um what's the best place should people want to reach you um and say something what's the best way to find you um if it's uh if it's clients you know what um
2: when you have this ready uh, let me give me a link. I'll write a blog post, and people are welcome to leave comments over ah, there. Ah,
0: that's good. Yeah, you're a busy man, and uh, probably being inundated with emails saying thank you for being on the podcast is ah. not ideal. Um, but yeah, again, sincerest thanks. Um, I hope that uh, you've enjoyed mm. it, and maybe someday you'll come back on and do it all again. Thanks, Amir. I I did. Thank you for having me. Also, you're very welcome. Bye bye. Bye bye.